Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Tim Vercolo. We're going to be talking about the big stories of the week. The website is thisiscommonsense.org, and the columns are called Common Sense with Paul Jacob. So what were we talking about this week, Paul? We should start probably with point blank. Point blank. Point blank protest was the piece. Protest, you say? And I like the uh, cover, uh, the illustration, I should say, uh, which is a woman holding up a blank sheet of paper. Yes. To folks who listen to the podcast who don't go to the website, uh, you ought to. Uh, I don't know how many people there are like that, but uh, uh, I'd encourage you to because the the artwork that uh, Jim Gill uh, does, and he has been working with uh, Dolly, is that how it is pronounced? And uh, and it's it's kind of AI artwork. Uh, well, you 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 may know better than I do, uh, but it's neat, and uh, it means that we have some neat graphics that that go with my uh, pontifications on it at a daily basis. Well, what he likes about it, I think, is that uh, he gets good artwork uh, without too much time. Because it, the, it suggests many options that he whittles down and that, and that kind of thing. And then, of course, right. it does some of the hard work. So, uh, but so any of us, I probably probably could do it. But, it, you know, what, what can I say? I like right. the stuff before he did Dolly, but he loves Dolly. And there's another yes. outfit he also uses. Yes. And his, but it, yeah, it, it's uh, his, his stuff not using that is, uh, is the uh, premiere in my mind. Yeah. But uh, he, but he did a, a great graphic here, and this is about uh, the the protests, and um, and really, uh, you know, it, it it should go without saying, um, but you know, the idea of protesting in China is just different than protesting in the United States of America. And I've, I've been to protest. I've been to protests where, you know, you see the, the uh, folks with the FBI or whoever, you know, filming the protesters from on top of the federal government buildings in Washington, DC and so on. And it's not as if uh, I don't have concerns about, you know, my government in the United States of America getting information on protesters and in essence treating protesters as if they're criminals as if they are a danger to the american way of life instead of part and parcel and a good part and parcel you know up to the extent that you start wrecking things or committing crimes and then then it's it, it all goes down the tubes really quick but uh, but up until that point, it's not just okay. It's like it's it's what we do, and uh, you know we don't always agree with it. It's what we as the greater we do, but um, it's something different in China. And uh, and after we wrote this piece, more has come out about the degree to which there are knocks on doors in the middle of the night, and that they've been able to track by telephone. Uh, by the cell phones uh, Chinese citizens are carrying um, all kinds of things and the, where they are and they know who went to the protest or who was in that area. And, and we do have to worry 
about that in our own country. And uh, I saw something today, and I think it was in the Washington Post. I tried to find it before, uh, you know, when I was kind of preparing my, my five minutes of preparation. And, uh, and I, I, I couldn't find it, but I read something, saw something where so I, I read it, uh, where someone had said something about we can't, um, we can't ignore what's happening in our own country as we focus on what's happening in China. And in essence, it just dawned on me, and we've talked about this before, worth talking about a lot more. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's a different degree. It's at a different level, but it's the same thing. The Chinese government would like to capture all the information they can possibly capture to control their population for their benefit rather than to serve that population for the population's benefit. Our folks are the same way. We just have better tools to block them, which I think we all recognize are failing us, and we need better tools than the tools we have. But, but, um, but the, the free speech stuff, the, the ability to control uh, social media and other things, uh, those battles are happening in the United States of America, just like they're happening there. And I don't know if I if if I'm, I will end up writing something about uh, Jimmy Lai, uh, who I think is is awaiting sentencing uh, as we speak, the Hong Kong guy. But a, a great, um, uh, uh, I, I say great. It looks great, and it's it's about uh, who I think Jimmy Lai. Uh, should be the person of the year this year. But uh, Jimmy Lai is, I, I think he's 75 years old, something like that. Uh, uh, escaped from somewhere in China to Hong Kong many, many years ago. Uh, had nothing, built a, a, you know, kind of economic empire, uh, is quoted as saying, you know, what's the use of making more money unless I can make some difference? So he, he bought Apple daily. Uh, it was a key pro freedom, pro democracy voice in Hong Kong. Um, he had every opportunity to escape Hong Kong and to take millions and millions of dollars to go sip martinis and, you know, dance the jig on the French Riviera if that's what he wanted to do. And, uh, and he's said, no, I'm, uh, this is where I live and I'm, you know, th they can kill me, but they're not going to stop me. And, uh, and which is kind of an interesting way to look at it, but a very powerful way to look at it. And just, um, you know, they continued to publish, they ended up shutting the, the uh, uh, Chinese government as they, clamped down on on Hong Kong. I read something today in the paper that said that they're increasing they're increasingly taking away the freedoms of, of Hong Kongers. And I, I objected to that because it's not increasing. It's finished. They've taken them all away. They're all gone. And so it's it's uh, you know, it's just a, it's a horrible thing. But Jimmy Lai is, I think, just a uh, a, a giant among men and women. And uh, and and it's just you know um, that that sort of courage and and uh, sure has spoken uh, truth to power for a long time, and the world should know more about it. There's a, a couple of weeks here or a week. 
there's a showing of this documentary. It's called The Hong Konger. The Acton Institute uh, produced it. And it's about his life and 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 what he's done. But it's uh, I'm going to Catholic University. There's going to be a showing there. But it's the second that I can think of. And I think there's been more uh, uh, documentaries on Hong Kong. There's Revolution of Our Times, uh, which just sold out in, in Taiwan when it was shown and so on and so on. And it's been shown here and there around the country. But I noticed that these things don't seem to get wide distribution. And I sort of want to know why they don't get wider distrib distribution. Now, I know everybody's not crazy about all these issues like I am. Um, and just wait. But uh, but I am crazy about them. And there's got to be a few other people like me. And, and it seems to me that these are interesting. I mean, the protests that happened in, in Hong Kong, pretty darn interesting. Uh, Jimmy Lai's life, I think, is interesting if people you know, knew, knew much about it, uh, they might be interested in it. You can run TV ads and get them to come out. I wonder if there isn't Chinese pressure on Hollywood that makes it very tough for these documentaries to uh, to get around because they get tremendous uh, reviews and they're, they're fantastic. And you see the two minute trailer and they look great. And uh, and yet uh, I'm in in, you know, outside of Washington, D.C., safely outside the Beltway and uh, and. You know, I have some access that that you don't everywhere in the country, and it's harder than heck to get uh, to find these these documentaries and get to go see them. And uh, you know, this knowledge of of what's going on uh, is really important. I've done uh, you know numerous pieces in in recent weeks talking about things like how they uh, talk about Taiwan uh, in between you know, uh, caught in between the United States and China. And uh, and I think, wait a second, they're not caught in between. One says they're going to invade them and they're hoping the other will, the United States will help stop that invasion from China. How do you characterize that as caught in between, you know, two superpowers? Uh, technically true, just not very meaningful or informative. And I see this again and again. And I, I just think, uh, you know, I know that China has spent, and I'm not talking about all the people in China got together and said, let's do it, because they don't get any democracy to say anything. The Chinese Communist Party, which is more Chinazi, Nazi than they are communist, has spent tens of millions of dollars running ads with major publications, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, others. Um, they are very sophisticated in what they're doing. They've bought off all kinds of people, professors, media people, others. Uh, and, and I mean, that's what they do. And it does seem like we don't, um, you know, we don't talk about it in the real world. Hey, this is a very, there are numerous countries that have said there's a genocide going on. Now, if if we were back in 1938 or 42 or whatever, and the Holocaust is happening and we know about it, it kind of just suggests some action on our part and some realization that, okay, even if I don't know what I can possibly do, I do want to keep this in mind 
that, you know, if if there's a, you know, a raging fire down the street, you may not have to go that way, but you kind of want to keep in mind that it's uh, it's right down the street and it's raging. So anyway, and they, these protests show one of the things that, it, that interests me is much is made of the COVID. And of course, that's the spark. And the fact that this one place in, in Xinjiang, Xinjiang uh, you know, where they had people in lockdowns for over 100 days uh, and the fire happens and they can't get out. And that's why people all over China were upset about it. But don't miss for a second that they very quickly it's down with with Xi Jinping and it's we want to vote. We want some say. We want some freedom. And uh, these these are not unsophisticated folks. And uh, they're living in a totalitarian state. And so there's a there's a lot of stuff they can't do. But but it, it I just sometimes get so sick of our, our media that doesn't seem to pick up on those things and doesn't and seems to act like, you know, the same public opinion dynamics that exist in the United States of America or in Western Europe exist in China. And it's, you know, that's a silly thing to to pretend. And it doesn't help them or us. I should mention that the Hong Konger, the Acton Institute movie, the documentary about Jimmy Lai's extraordinary struggle for freedom, I didn't find it on imdb.com, which is the internet movie database. I didn't see it when I did a search. So you should probably look at the hongkongermovie.com. That's where you can find it. You can host a screening in your neighborhood. Uh, people could do that if they wanted to actually do some uh, activity. Talk about an easy activity, uh, hosting a movie. I was thinking about that, that it might be uh, might be a good thing to uh, good thing to do. Be good for, for different groups, especially if this is uh, issues that are on your radar screen to uh, to get people together and, you know, kind of have some fun. Yeah, I was going to look at IMDb to figure out who made it actually, who was the, the artist, but I didn't see it. Didn't see the information. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen that. I went to their website. I'm trying to think of how I saw it to begin with, but I don't remember. But uh, but I'm like a cat. I'm ready to pounce, you know, as soon as I see something go across the the Internet. Now, you said that we have the same problem in America, but it, it is slightly it is a, it's a slightly different way. We do have a, a double problem in America because one type of protest, even violent, is encouraged by our insiders. And the other kind, not so violent, but is much more threatening to them. So during COVID in America, when the militias in Michigan and elsewhere, I think it was, uh, showed up at the at the local capitals, that was considered very alarming. And it alarmed the FBI so much that they framed those uh, militias for an attempt to kidnap uh, the governor. Uh or frame as not the right and some word. of those folks, some of those folks were convicted. Yeah, but they, uh, but they were and, instigated. It was if, yes, if the FBI hadn't been involved, there wouldn't have been any attempt. I so, think that's I think that's exactly that's, right. I think anybody who's looked at it very hard would agree with that. But at the same time, those are not any guys I would want to represent me. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, except if it came down to fighting, then I want them on my side all over all over the place. Yeah, uh, I want almost everybody on my side if they can fire a weapon. But uh, but but boy, that's uh, you know when when there are bullets flying, there's all kinds of things you might do that 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 doesn't really that's almost damning with uh, faint praise. But of course, it also points up something. It's it's 
you know, both sides can be wrong and we can argue to about what degree, but one side, you know, these, these kind of guys living wherever who are thinking whatever in their crazy heads, I can't really control that very well. But my government hiring people to go encourage folks to kidnap their governor, I don't know what the upside of that is for me. Yeah, no, it's well, the upside is that it increases the power of the state. Yeah, but that's not for me. That's especially uh, yes. federal government and and their preference for they don't mind at all if inner cities burn and downtowns around the United States have become un, unusable for commerce. Many, many downtowns are afflicted. Uh, Minneapolis now is, 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 is uh, I understand, nowhere. It's just a shell of its former self. Uh, the downtowns you know, have been in, abandoned all over the place. You know, I, I wonder years ago if I would have hearing some of these stories, uh, and I wonder how many other people now today, but I wonder years ago if I would have uh, living in Little Rock, Arkansas, or living somewhere else in the in the country other than Washington, D.C., and, and knowing people from the Portland, greater Portland area of crazydom <laughs> in our world, uh, Portland, Oregon. Of course, Portland, Maine is pretty crazy, too. But... Uh, but I think I might have thought, you know, so much of this is just hyped up and made up and, and that, you know, that it's not anywhere near as dangerous to go to this place. Or there's not the same sort of activities that, you know, you see one video. It's not like that's happening every second and so on. Um, but uh, and, and I've been in Washington, uh, but, but I have to tell you, I'm not someone who is usually worried. I like to bebop on the streets. I don't think most places are dangerous. I just, I've never kind of lived with that idea of, oh, you better be careful. Um, I would be careful after dark in Washington, D.C., and I would be alert during the daytime hours as well. And, uh, and I was kind of shocked at how long things were boarded up different places and, and, uh, and what's going on. And I'm, I'm concerned that in Washington, D.C., they put Black Lives Matter painted it across the street on one street. Now I'm not not concerned so much that they did that. I'm I wouldn't do that in my city. I just wouldn't pick and choose different things to go there because I wouldn't want to have to put every slogan on every street because that's what you have to do, unless you're running a tyrannical city where one's opinion is pushed by everybody's tax dollars. And the other opinions are. And of course, the, the Judicial Watch filed suit against uh, D.C. for doing that. They're not against them for doing that, but just filed suit saying, we want our opportunity to have this. And I, I don't know if it was All Lives Matter or, or what it was particularly. It may have had something to do with we want justice and better transparency. Uh, but they wanted their slogan. And uh, and and so it's. You know, we, we look at some of these different things and and oftentimes, whether we like one side or the other, what they're doing is right or it's not right. And the truth is, the more we can look at it constitutionally, from a rule of law standpoint, from a fairness standpoint, not in some insane level of fairness, but in basic equal protection of the laws, it's it's uh, if they would follow the Constitution and the laws, they would not be abusing each other so much through those through that that state, through that government. 
it's amazing this whole thing about the statue removal, which was a big, which was really the spark. That's the reason I mean, we mentioned before. One of, the, one of the reasons we had Trump as president was because of the craziness regarding the statues, and Trump's prediction that it wouldn't be just Confederate generals that were taken down, that it would also be Washington, Washington Jefferson, Jefferson. Yeah. and, it, and yeah. it turned out to be the case. But in Portland, Oregon, you mentioned Portland, Oregon, and I was just there this week. Uh, and I didn't see any of the old sites of, you know, the, the, the old stuff, you know, the downtown, which which has been devastated to some degree. Uh, but I would like to have seen the elk statue. Uh, and the elk statue uh, was a it's just a statue of an elk. It's a beautiful statue of an elk. And it's, I think it's called the Thompson Elk Foundation or something. Elk, elk is oh. in a, uh, a, a wapiti. A, yes, a wapiti, a, a, a big, a big deer like creature with antlers. Uh, yeah. Was so, it a racist deer like creature with no, antlers? No, no. Unless unless you uh, <laughs> unless you like deer and don't like elk, I guess. I don't know what to say about that. There's a reason why people gather at the elk both just to appreciate it, but also if they want to gather and protest. Where do we go? Well, the Elk, it's a central meeting area. That was mauled so much it had to be taken down during the this period. Now, I understand sometime this year, maybe it already has been put up or it's going to be put back up. It's been restored. But the craziness of our time was such that iconoclasm got to the point where they damaged and mauled a statue of an elk. This has nothing to do with anything. This is, this is, there is, but there is something anarchical in the back. I need to laugh. I know, no. But it's, it's just, it's you know, what do you say? I think it exists again, and I should go downtown and look at it uh, the next time I go to uh, Portland. I mean, I always liked that statue. But the idea that things would get so out of hand that mobs would damage a statue right. of an elk. I mean, that's the craziness. Well, and the, the the group in Seattle, uh, what was it? Weeks? It was more than a couple days. Oh, it was many and, weeks of yes. shop. You're talking about shop and and so yes, forth. where they're taking over part of the city. Now, I you know I'm not the the first guy to suggest let's send in the SWAT teams because someone's got a protest. Let's try to you know let's try to have an Andy Griffith esque, uh, you know, attitude and you know see if we can de-escalate things and i'm all for all those kind of uh, moves but it you're not doing the world favors by allowing criminal gangs to grab parts of the city and take them over yeah it's it's crazy uh, and the fact that the establishment of these cities in this case or, or the federal government doesn't concern themselves with that but do concern with themselves with a bunch of people who are objecting to unconstitutional uh, uh, responses to a pandemic. I mean, that's arguably right. what they were saying. Right. And, right. and, uh, and that, people complaining you know, at a school board meeting right. where that's why they put the podium there. That's yeah. why, I mean, again, this is like, oh, that someone would speak out at a public meeting where the whole yeah. point is to hear what they have to say be able to shout at and call your public officials names is what democracy looks like to me. And it isn't what, for some reason, and, and, the officials don't like that. <laughs> no, they don't. But and, and here's the other thing that I think there are folks who would say, well, that's, they're shouting at the podium and so on because we've gone off the rails. And, and maybe, maybe there was a period in the late forties or fifties where 
we're riding high from World War II and uh, the economy's expanding and everybody's so fat and happy that there was nobody at any public forum giving some public official a hard time. But I want to apologize on, on behalf of my fellow Americans that I wasn't born sooner to do so then because that's the whole point. And it's not like throughout American history, everybody minded their P's and Q's and never, never was difficult at some public meeting. Get over it. That's been a long history. That's not new. What's new is this idea that you can shut it down. Yeah. Uh, at least new recently. I mean, in a sense, our side got its really big impetus in response to the Alien and Sedition Acts. And that was an attempt to make sure that no one called John Adams a bad name. Well, yes. I the best of the bad names was his rotundity. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that was why Madison and Jefferson wrote the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions and why the Democratic-Republican clubs for were formed and why the Democratic-Republican Party was formed, which later formed into a real political party called the Democratic Party which now has completely betrayed that whole, whole origin. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm with you on one sense. I don't, I don't like protests that get out of hand. And I probably would oppose tarring and feathering of public officials. Well, uh, when I learned that, that when you tar and feather someone, they usually died, it took on a whole different, I thought it was kind of a mean, humiliating thing to do, but murder is really a serious step. So right. well, I, I have a whole different view of tar and feathering than I did when I was a kid. We should go to the rest of the insanity uh, this week, but it, it it's interesting that these protests in, in China, it's great to see. Um, it's scary to see at the same time. Hopefully it reminds us that, you know, this is a world in which this is human nature. Rulers who can get away with bad behavior, get away with bad behavior. And, um, and, but, but also, when you think of some of these attitudes that are supposedly not what America's all about, you see you see them coming in. And uh, Tuesday, we did federally funded racism. And this is a program uh, at the University of Oklahoma. And, um, you know, it's it's. It's a, uh, a deal where they're trying to get more people to get into STEM. And, uh, you know, that's that's wonderful. Um, but they want to get only some people into STEM uh, and and they want to get blacks and and Hispanics and Pacific Islanders, uh, but not white people so much. And uh, and I guess not other Asians, unless they're unless you're on an island. I wonder if there's a like a, how much of the circumference of the of the plot of ground that you're on has to have water around it for you to be able to. This is absolute insanity. And the he, here's the interesting thing about it to me. Uh, and you can go to this piece. It's it's uh, it's called Federally Funded Racism, November 29th at thisiscommonsense.org. Um, this university, immediately upon being called on it, changes their website, says, oh, 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 
we didn't know anything about that. We intended this to be for everyone, knowing that otherwise they're violating the, the grant that they got. And I, I read a different story about another thing. I mean, we could do stories on this every day for the whole year about different racist. We're going to give benefits to these people. Uh, but I'm trying to think of where it was. But there was a, a program. And of course, they're getting money from the COVID relief. They're doing like some big program that has nothing to do with health or anything. The whole COVID thing was an, an insane, let's throw a bunch of millions of dollars at local governments and other. Oh, it's just, it's, it's sickening. But here, Oklahoma University, the OU, knew that what they were doing was wrong. They quickly changed it to say, oh, now anybody, even, even lousy white people, can get some of the benefits to go into STEM. But this is, you know, it's how racism in the past has oftentimes happened, too. That they violate the laws to do it. It's not what the law says they can do. They just do it because they're racist. And it's why you don't want racists in office because they don't have a good track record. But now the racism is going in a different direction. And trust me, in a in a country that's majority white, that's not gonna that's not gonna be an easy thing. You know, it is kind of surprising. I think how much uh, it's supported in the white community. But it's it's you know, sometimes I wonder if the black community isn't more opposed to it than the white community. Um, this is and, and that's the other part of this. My experience just and, and of course, it's anecdotal. I know I'm not I'm not saying it's scientifically valid that I I've got my pulse on, you know, the black community in America, which, of course, is a pretty diverse community. But the black folks that I know that I speak with friends, family, others. They they are not all about this in the same way that people I know who are LGBTQ are not all about, oh, I want government to give me some new right or something. And so uh, I hope when people hear some of these things, they'll realize these are usually lunatic, woke, liberal white folks who have never, who have been so privileged in a sense, probably in the, in the right sense of that term, who have never had to live very much in the real world, who've never dealt with poverty, who never dealt with people of, of different races very often, who don't, who don't get it for the most part. Yeah, and part of this whole deal is just people not being able to think clearly about race. And ethnicity and it's not when we say race I, I like to bring in the ethnicity in there because that's really just part of the same issue it's just about gene pools that of people who intermarry that's i mean you know just they, they like, want to make sure that white people can hate each other too well i mean <laughs> they, they, they were very effective at that for a long time uh well of course it, you don't see it much now but uh my best friend uh growing up he's italian i'm irish um, you know, we're constantly ribbing each other on that. Never once for a nanosecond was it anything that, well, now, 
you've insulted my people so much that you've crossed the line. It's all in good fun. And, and of course, I'm sure a generation before that, maybe there was more of that Italian versus Irish or this, obviously there was, but, but these are things that evolve. And I remember years ago reading something that, uh, that um, specifically Mexican immigration to the United States, this was like in the, maybe 10 years ago, uh, that they were learning English at a faster clip than any immig- uh, immigrant group in in history, and um, and you know it's and part of that is that English is is u- ubiquitous kind of it. I mean it's it's probably the world's language at this point. Maybe not in numbers, but in geographic reach around the world, and uh, and and people are learning it faster. Whereas you know uh, I think in the 1920s you may have had a, a Ukrainian folks. In, in Chicago or in the suburbs who they could speak Ukrainian, you know, the rest of their life and live right there. Yeah. Well, English is the world's second language. It's the most, it's the yes. dominant second language. Yes. And, uh, and even that's what China, I meant to uh, say. And I believe it's in China as well. That is uh, people in China know English more than they know the other variants of Chinese, you know, many of these languages that can read each other's, the characters because they're the same characters because they're not they're not alphabets right that they right, right. a different system uh they're not really very closely related they don't sound you know they don't sound like chinese when i when i hear some of these that di- you know dialects that they're just like language differences the difference between various groups and areas in china uh that that system that very difficult and cumbersome system uh that the chinese developed eons ago was very good for empires very important for empires because it allowed communication between different groups that didn't have to speak each other's languages. Hmm. It's an interesting problem. Uh, it's an interesting problem. Now people just go the, to the bother of learning one of the more difficult languages to learn. English has so much history embedded into its orthography, for instance, that all the spelling is just bizarre. I mean, I, I really right. feel sorry right. in how you pronounce through and though and you know trough and various things like that they they, they look so similar and their sounds so different it's just very odd i feel sorry for everybody else in the world but me uh but uh when it comes to that but what w- w- this it's this thing about race and ethnicity is that different races and ethnicities have different proclivities and that people don't like to believe that they don't want to know that but when you realize how many of World War II general, generals on all sides uh, were German, you know, Eisenhower, you know, you just go right, down the list right. of our generals, and they're almost all Germans. And uh, and then you look at just, you know, Jews are great with languages. And so they're, and they're, and they're great with numbers. And so they're, they're taking just, over the languages now? Well, no, but, they, they, but they're artists. <laughs> and they're, they're just all sorts of things that... I mean, well, that's the big, that's the big racist scandal right myself. now, is when he uh, said that, you know, Jews rule uh, Hollywood recently, uh, you, know, yes. you know, they are, you know, as, as uh, Dave Chappelle says, there's an awful lot of Jews there. Uh, I mean, there's a reason people have different group, you know, have different interests and, and you won't find um, that many comparatively blacks and Hispanics, I don't think are stem cell kind of people. I just don't think that the, I don't think there's really much reason. Well, but see, but that's the but see that's the the problem in that. That's what do you mean all. by that? Because well, of course, there's all kinds of black and Hispanic people who are all over stem cell stuff. 
you know, or it's stem, no, it's stem cells. Cells. It's just a very <laughs> few. Stem cell, but. Yeah, no, no, it's just, just a very few. I mean, it's comparatively few Blacks and Hispanics go into stem on a, cells. On a racial comparison, though. Yeah. And, and so the, the you can talk about that, but then, of course, it's like if there are a higher percentage, uh, like like for years, there have been a higher percentage of uh, Jews and Mormons in Congress than other groups. And you could say, well, they think this. Or you could look at the Supreme Court and say, look at all the Roman Catholics on the Supreme Court. One they think and, that, and fact, But of course, you had a majority of Roman Catholics long before you had Roe v. Wade overturned. It was a couple of Protestant Christian folks added to the Supreme Court that did that. And, and I guess my point is, there's, there's, you can look at it from that basis, but why would an individual who's Hispanic, Black, White, you know, Asian, whatever they are, look at it in that other than anybody's got an opportunity to do it. And so if you're going to say, hey, come work in, you know, uh, STEM, you're going to say it to everybody. You're not going to say it to just this group or that group. And and for like Jews in the media or Jews here or there, yes, you can look for, well, why would they be higher represented in this group as opposed to that group. But it's when you start to say, well, then they're going to all think this because they're Jewish, or they're going to all think this because they're Roman Catholic, or they're all going to think this because they're Black or Hispanic, that you run into problems because they don't all think that. Well, but that's the whole point, though, right? Is that, but many of them do. There's a culture. They have a culture. Right, right, why, I mean, right. I have no idea why Germans. And there's are, nothing are wrong in pointing out that look at the different numbers and look at yeah. the fact that this is more popular with this group than that group. Right. Or I this mean, is yeah. The most obvious distinctions are between men and women, the, the kind yeah. of c- careers that they like. And there's a reason why men tend to, not to be nurses and psychologists as much as women do. And there's reason women. I mean, they're just. I mean, and why and why so many men like stem cells? Uh, not stem cells. Now you got me on stem cells. <laughs> uh, uh, did you get me doing that, or did I get you doing I'm, that? I'm going to blame you. I don't. I don't know where that any other possible causality uh, could come into place. Anyway, well, I just it's just it's, I, I find it. I don't. I don't even see why this is controversial in a sense. Is it's just people do what they want to do, and when it comes to careers, we just ex- you would expect groups to do you know, the idea of trying to get every equal number of representatives of each group or equalize it more that's a dumb idea because groups don't aren't like that right right it's it, it that is a dumb idea and the main thing you're looking for is are they doing something that makes sense for me to do or am i doing something that i ought to not do because look at you know in, in other words if if whether it's your ethnicity or your race or your religion or whatever, uh, or just you individually, you're wanting to look at, oh, oh, why is it that Asian kids are doing better on tests? What is it? What are they doing that the other kids aren't doing? And it seems like they're preparing like nobody's business for the test. Who would have thought that would help? Yeah, part of that, though, is that they have a, several thousand years of having to learn this insane 
quasi-pictographic uh, <laughs> system to, to learn how to read and write. And that means you have to spend a lot of time and you get really hone your skills to learn, whereas we have a comparatively easy system. So that it, it just lets us off the hook and we don't have to we don't have to develop the skills. Any any non-encumbered brain can easily grasp you know our 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 system. Now, people who have dyslexia and things like that, that's not so easy, but you know, just it, it's ours is an easier system because it's fanatic based. It's a much more rational system, I think, but it has consequences. It makes us lazy, and it makes them have to work hard. Uh, and uh, because I'm it, for lazy, I think there. I'm I'm well, going to vote for lazy. Have you heard what Chinese parents have to do to their kids to get make sure that they learn how to read and write? If you can't read and write in China, your <laughs> chances of going ahead are almost zero. So right, you're, you're, you're. I mean, you are. Well, that's really true learning. here too. That's true right. here too. But it's easier to learn the basics here and get by. I know, but, but I China, think some people forget that you know you really do need to be able to read or write to be able to get very far. Right, and time. but in China, you have to really crack the whip, and, and, the, and the parents do. Yes, and so they yeah. have a whole culture of of learning and forcing learning. I mean, they they really right. grab those kids, and they kind of have to consider what they have to deal with. Jews have a his three thousand years of uh, history. Where they're people of the book, and they're really concerned with, uh, I, you know, I mean, they have, a, they have, there's a, there's a lot of cultural, not baggage. It's a, just a huge force of inertia behind them that compel them to be smarter. I mean, that's that's part of the deal. They also, right. well, it, there's a lot of value placed on it, and it's amazing that what you value comes across. Sometimes yeah. even when you're telling people you value something else, they see what you really do value. Yeah. And that's what people strive for. But yeah. hey, but, um, we should go on to some other uh, uh, of, of the commentaries and of the craziness of this week. One of which was that we find out this is chain of command uh, with that. Next day. Just, what the next day, just the yes. next day, November 30th. And this we find out now. Now we talked uh, a few, several times during the uh, trucker strike in Canada. We did common sense commentaries on it, and the heavy handedness of the act that they plucked out in Canada to basically freeze bank accounts to take away their insurance, to, to do all kinds of things without ever arresting, charging, convicting people of crimes, they were able to just beat up financially, not physically, but financially, uh, the, the truckers. And, um, and this is, again, you know, uh, I don't like it when they beat up protesters in Hong Kong or they beat them up in Shanghai or across China, and they they basically treat them like they have no rights. And I don't like it in America, and I don't like it in Canada either. And and so you know, I just I think it, and I think it's important for us. It's important for us to recognize the fire down the street is to recognize the fire that's engulfing our garage right now. And. And that's what we see when they pluck out these things. When the and it's a tiny thing, nobody was killed. There were no concentration camps. But when the attorney general in Michigan, after the court ruled, no, you don't have those powers. You've been, you know, tossing around to say we're going to go, we're going to go ahead anyway. Basically, this we're seeing not just in China but the U.S. in Canada. There's an investigation, thank goodness. 
and uh, the, the parliaments investigating, and they discovered some communications. And those communications were pretty heavy communications coming from the United States of America, from the transportation. That the, the whole fight is over their forcing vaccinations with a non-vaccine, um, but they're they're forcing the, the jab for COVID for any truckers who want to cross that border. And it's not the U.S. forcing it. It's Canada forcing it. And yet when Canada is being there, protests saying to Canada, you know, hey, we don't like this government. We don't want to have to do that to cross the border in the United States. Judge, the Treasury Secretary's on the phone with Canadian officials talking about it. Biden's on the phone talking about it. Other officials are talking with Canadian people. They are urging a clampdown. And then Canada clamps down. So uh, the chain of command question mark just suggests that maybe Trudeau, uh, and maybe it was just uh, friends suggesting to one another, both with an inclination to say big government should smash anybody who gets in their way. And they were pissed at these truckers. I mean, these truckers came in with big rigs and they kind of took over the city. Uh, but they did it in a way that, you know, they didn't do it by smashing things or destroying stuff. They did it by pulling their big rigs in and saying, look, we can't we can't cross the border without you taking over our bodily autonomy. And if you believe that you have bodily autonomy so that even if you're pregnant, that new life living inside you is not the key thing you are because of your bodily autonomy, seems to me that sticking a, a vaccine that's not a vaccine and that for a long time was an experimental thing, being forced to stick that into your body is not is is just not not right. So that's uh, I think that that interesting and and you brought that to my attention. So the whole chain of command idea of what are our leaders saying in the you know to each other and who's influencing whom and why is it well I mean but this is about COVID and so why were all the world's nations pandemic protocols thrown out the window in early 2020. That's a question that we have to ask ourselves and we do not have a good answer yet. So how do they all happen to decide old, old, you know, they, they had considered them for years, they'd studied epidemiology, all the experts had weighed in and they all had pandemic protocols and every one of them had said lockdowns were not efficient. And now they're looking back and saying, oh, the lockdowns were really damaging. Yeah. It's like it, so why would you go through the lockdowns to test what, how much you can push people? Well, I think that's probably the main part. I mean, yeah, that's my fear. That's that, my fear. I, almost certainly the case. Almost certainly the case. Hey, I wanted to highlight uh, uh, our thought for Wednesday. Uh, William Hazlitt, the love of liberty is the love of others. The love of power is the love of ourselves. I like that. And we do this uh, every every day. Um, and uh, we put up a thought 
uh, yes. famous or obscure. They're often quite obscure because I'm the one who finds these things, and I, I go, I'll go, I'll go almost anywhere. So <laughs> very interesting stuff. We also do, and then again, Tim does these. Uh, a thought of uh, not a thought of the day, a uh, today in freedom, and it's basically whatever happened in history today that that is about freedom. And uh, interestingly enough, on December first, we had the stolen election. On December 1st, 1824, with neither John Quincy Adams nor Andrew Jackson receiving a majority of the votes in the Electoral College, <coughs> excuse me, the United States House of Representatives was given the task of deciding the winner in accordance with the 12th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Adams ended up winning, even though Jackson had more popular vote, and uh, Jackson came back four years later. Uh, crying all the time about the stolen election and won. Yeah, and uh, that was an amazing part in American history. I mean, and we should actually could pay more attention to it maybe because uh, Jackson is a figure not unlike Trump in some ways. He yes. may be the yes. most Trumpian figure of the past uh, in some character ways and just in this, just how he interacted with the institutions of the time. I like Andrew Jackson better, but he committed the worst crime in the end. I mean, his Indian trail party, of tears. Yeah. And that, and that, and, uh, but also uh, he was helped into office by Martin Van Buren. I mean, if it weren't for Martin Van Buren, he probably wouldn't have got elected. And Martin Van Buren invented the modern political party basically. And he invented the democratic party as such. And he was very close to being a locofoco, though the locofocos were, you know they had, uh, they had kept their dip distances uh but uh nevertheless he, he was kind of the one of, very laissez-faire kind of guy uh and 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 there was a lot of laissez-faire amidst his nationalism in andrew jackson though there's also a lot of repellent aspects to jackson he's so he's a very problematic figure just actually like i think trump is And John Quincy Adams might be one of the better human beings to ever be a president of the United States. So, huh, why do you say that? Well, um, he was studious. Uh, he was principled. Uh, he he became like a number of these people, like Martin Van Buren, became kind of an abolitionist. Actually, he was more of an abolitionist than, than right. Van Buren. Uh, and there's just there's just a number of things that John Quincy Adams seems like a like an admirable figure, uh, okay. more it, it, more to my taste as a human being than Andrew Jackson would be. Uh, as the, of the backwoodsman, it was Davy Crockett that I thought was the most interesting of the of, of the backwoodsman politicians. Yes, yes. Crockett, Crockett wrote a book called The American Democrat, so uh, that, that's worth looking at. Wasn't it Davy Crockett who has the famous uh, uh, thing he wrote about a constituent who asked him? Uh, you know, why you didn't vote for some benefit for them. And, you know, he basically said, I'm, I'm trying to not give you any benefit with someone else's money or give them a benefit I, with your money. I think that was part of his deal. Yeah. 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 So interesting times. Let's uh, bookend the, uh, the protests. Point blank protests uh, was a commentary on Monday and then Thursday, Rotten Apple um, just with it coming out that Apple has basically changed their airdrop system in China to limit the feature to non 
friends, people who aren't already in your contact list, you can't airdrop after 10 minutes of doing so. Well, you know, I don't know what the what the enhancement of that is, but I can tell you what the detriment is. And that is that at a protest, after 10 minutes, you can't you can't be passing information to other folks. And you know, the whole excitement and and kind of trust and you know, I don't know what the word is even for it, but the the whole thing about social media and technology is that it frees us, that it allows us to do things we couldn't otherwise do, to communicate with people across the world in seconds and to do all kinds of these things and then to just let it all be controlled by totalitarian genocidal lunatics. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I include the genocidal totalitarian wannabe lunatics or wannabe totalitarian genocidal lunatics, you know, lurking in our own country uh, in some deep state, you know, uh, corridor somewhere. Um, you know, it's not, in other words, the problem isn't just in China, but to allow all this technology to be turned against us. And I don't know about you, I, I admit to, I'm an older guy, you know, the technology, I'm not a kid, I didn't grow up with it all. But I like technology that I can control, that I can control. I don't like it when it controls me. Uh, earlier this year, and I think I mentioned it in a podcast, driving uh, to Michigan in a rental car and crossing lanes. It's at night. There's nobody on the interstate. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting my turn signal to cross lanes. And the car decides, no, it's going to kind of stop me from crossing. And I thought, and of course, I couldn't figure out. And I get on the phone with the wife and it's like, can you Google to find out how you turn this off? It didn't seem to work or whatever. But you can see a time in which where you can go is dependent on whether some government official somewhere says it's okay. That door opens or it doesn't open. That car moves into that lane or no, that car drives somewhere else that maybe you didn't want to go. Um, I find that just absolutely horrifying. And, uh, and I have to say that that some of the you know, just thrill and expectation and wonder of technology in the 1990s, uh, you know, in, in 2022, uh, I got a lot more fear and trepidation. Now, as I understand the clampdown that Apple did was that 10 minute window really hampers the sharing of video. And that's the thing that they hate the most is sharing right. videos of other protests, because since we can't get uh, videos of protests in one city to another, it's, it's the, the more they can clap down on file sharing, the less news there is. In fact, that's really what right. they dislike the most all is they don't want the news. They want they want propaganda. That's their that's their uh, that's their deal. It's actually not unlike our news media who does who wants to crack down on. Uh, successful YouTube podcasters and things like that, they don't like the competition. And, and uh, no. the Chinese government doesn't want the competition from citizens and individuals. And uh, because 
even now that one of the nice things about this kind of technology that we have is that theoretically it could unite us and disunite us in a, in a great and free and easy way and the governments don't want that they want things to be regimented that's what you know that's what governments yes. always want to do they want regimentation. Yes. and in essence um you know i'm nationalist in the sense that i don't want my nation to be given up my freedom to some international cabal but uh you know, if the if the major organization for peace in the world is the United Nations, we are sunk. And we have to find a way for people to communicate across national lines without going through their government more and more. The, the Chinese people and the American people, I am convinced, are pretty simpatico on what they want. They want democratic control of the bastards who run their governments. And uh, and they've got it a lot worse than we have, but it's the same, it's the same equation maybe with, uh, you know, to a different power. But uh, but anyway, I, I show my my zero mathematical skills there with, uh, with that analogy, but anyway. Yeah, well, people don't come to us for the math. <laughs> Thank I'm goodness. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, <laughs> we should put a warning label at the, you know, kind of go across the bottom. But we still know that big numbers in debt aren't aren't a good idea. We yes. don't, you don't need to be you don't need to be a mathematics teacher or a genius uh, or a prodigy of any type to understand that there's something deeply wrong in the world. Um, your Friday piece was written just about the same time as your Monday piece. And so it's, I don't know if people understand this. Sometimes we do things in advance. I know it's hard to believe that we could ever do anything in advance. But, uh, <laughs> we, we've, we've resisted the temptation. But, you know, I mean, there it is. And do you remember uh, the piece? What was it called? I barely do. It's uh, time so and tide and, ra and race. It was uh, racism, but we changed it to race. Big move there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but this is, you know, this is a great... Friday piece because we we try to be a little bit lighter on Friday, um, but uh, this is a piece about changing daylight savings time, which you know I don't think it makes sense. I think you you hate it even more than I do, Tim. But it's just kind of silly. Why are we jumping back and forth the time? But there was a report out. CNN did a report that we've got to get rid of this daylight savings time stuff because it disproportionately hurts minorities. Black and Hispanic folks are more hurt by daylight savings time and this hour moving back and forth than are white folks. Now, it just... <laughs> <laughs> yes. it almost is not worthy of commentary it's almost we could have just reprinted the whole thing or put bullet points and then we just point fingers and say laugh at this i mean it really is, a goofy, it is such a goofy argument it's like it's like you know you could see kind of counting up who's hurt or who likes it or who doesn't or whatever but to do it on a racial basis like that, it's like we're living in South Africa with apartheid. Yeah. It's like we've gone back to, we've decided we didn't like how the, you know, eyes on the prize civil rights movement ended up. And so we've got to go back to a system in which, you know, we should have had like concentration camps for white people to even it up. 
And and you say, you know, I say that and it's like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Except, I mean, you know, you would have said it was ridiculous years ago. Now I'm, I'm almost afraid I gave some people some bad ideas. I mean, the, the, part of the ridiculousness is, reminds me of that, those this old joke stories like civilization collapses, women and minorities hurt most. Those, <laughs> those kind of stories. Uh, and, and, and there's been a lot of those over the years because people are obsessed with victimhood and oppression by class and so forth. But if a policy is a bad policy, it's usually a bad policy for nearly everyone. And this is a case where I think that's the case. Uh, but they... And I guess the way to really look at it is that they're finding a reason to oppose a bad policy. And the only reason they can think of is, you know, add oomph to it that, you know, the blacks and minorities are hurt, other minorities. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting, especially when you bring in women, in that in all of these cases, like, you know, I had three daughters. Um, I really, I'm concerned about the way women are viewed and and the expectations sometimes and there's there's all kinds of things that matter to me that are about women so when i laugh at this you know the world collapses you know uh, uh minorities and women hurt most it's it's not that we don't like women it's not that we're not feminists. I took a, a, a course in feminism when my freshman year of college. Um, you know, there's clearly, societally, there's some things going on. It's good to look into those things. Race, like the, you know, I've always been interested in slavery, the Civil War, uh, Jim Crow, the, the, the people fighting for their rights. They've got their rights on paper, but they don't have them in reality. And but I see that the people who are pushing these things don't love people of all races, don't love people of both genders and, and wish for equality. They're about something else. Yeah. And in some cases, it's racist and sexist. But in some cases, it doesn't give a damn about racism and sexism, even to be it. It's about money. It's about power. It's about an issue that they can wield to get those things. Yeah, and I mean, part of the deal is sometimes it seems that people now disapprove of slavery because it hurt blacks, not because slavery is wrong. <laughs> um, and I, I'm against slavery as a you know chattel slavery as an institution because I think I'm for freedom. I don't even think the Slavs should have been made slaves. Yeah, that's, how, that's how against yeah. it I am. Yeah. And, and it, so the whole thing is that they, they get obsessed with racism uh, as the only thing that really matters or, you know, like these kind of issues as, as that everything depends on, you know, racism is the ultimate evil. It's, now, I think of racism as a, as a vice. I do think of it as a vice. And I think it actually is interesting in that it didn't used to be considered a vice. It's not one of the seven deadly sins. So that's interesting. Okay, I, I find it a very interesting subject from a philosophical point of view. Um, but much of the great horrors of politics and government, and government commits a lot of horrors, and politics is pretty absurd and awful a lot of the time, greed is a huge factor. And the idea that we can't say that greed is a vice to consider, that's true as an impetus for, like racism is an impetus for some crimes. So greed is is almost more omnipresent. 
And the thing is, is that now on the left, greed is a problem for people making money in the market, but that's not where I'm concerned about greed. Greed is an excess of right. inquisitiveness. And it's when you steal things, that's when greed is a really obvious thing, or you use the government to steal. So that's that's where I get, that's where my interests lie. And I just think that uh, all the vices that aren't about justice, core about justice, uh, we should be concerned with justice in uh, politics and government. And uh, whatever personal vices may be the, uh, the impetus for whatever crime or whatever bad policy we have, we should just get rid of the crimes and bad policies and, and <laughs> try, try not to focus too much on the, on the vices. Though, I mean, we should talk about vices in our private lives. Well, and, and, and here's the other thing. It is so, it is the kiss of death in the marketplace to be seen as a racist. There's a reason why they can wield the racist label like they do, because it's very, very unpopular. And when you think from like a systemic racism or, you know, and some people mean different things by that. But if there's racism to point out, point it out because everybody's ready to say, oh, let's get rid of that. It's it's when. The idea is we need to tell your eight-year-old black kid that he's oppressed and your eight-year-old white kid that he's the reason. <laughs> and yeah, that's all nonsense. That's, that's all nonsense. you know, that, that's what people got upset about. Sure. It, and, and, and then, of course, we hear that, well, they just don't want to learn the history. That's the history? These, these kids are eight. I that you're only going eight years back, and I don't think this eight-year-old white kid was really responsible for slavery. And this eight-year-old black kid could be anything from any. That that's the thing about it. The the whole first of all, the black community, the white community. It's my family, all kinds of families I know. That that's no longer so meaningful. We're one family. We're we're parts of different communities. It's it you know this the whole black white Hispanic you know we we've got all the different letters kind of like the LGBTQ. It's like we don't need all those freedom. You got freedom. It doesn't matter what your race is. You got freedom. It doesn't matter what your sex is, what your orientation, what you want to do tonight. I'm going to bed before too long, but have at it. Have fun. Consent is necessary. You know, that's, that's, uh, this is not, it seems to me that it's, it's in, instructive maybe that we're seeing the most hyperbolic, over the top suggestions for how to solve the problem of racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and every other phobia just about the time that nobody hardly has those phobias and that racism is less of a problem than it has been. And it's, and we're gaining now, again, any problem pointed out, I'm not suggesting anybody be silent about any problem, but pointed out, don't this whole idea, which you, you always hear about, we need to have a conversation about race. I remember hearing that about criminal justice reform. I was thinking, we don't need a conversation. I mean, have the conversation about race, but have it over here and let's over here solve these criminal justice problems right now because there's 90% of the country that's for police wearing cameras. There's like 90% of the country that's against 
civil asset forfeiture where the cops are stealing people's stuff without ever charging them with a crime. There's huge majorities in favor of all kinds of reforms. Put them out there. Stop the stupid blah, blah, blah with all you people who are making money on this issue. And let's vote. Let's let's change. So on this issue, we're in complete agreement. However, if we shift just a little bit back to the subject of you know, daylight saving time, you and I do have a major disagreement. You kind of like daylight saving time, and I hate it with a passion. So you said that you'd like to get rid of normal time. <laughs> I'd like to go to the daylight saving. Well, I, I I I deal with stuff in Taiwan to some degree. I'm you know I'm learning about that. It's it's a minor thing. It's kind of a joke more than a, okay, a reality. Okay. But it is convenient that it's exactly twelve hours. It's on the other side of the world exactly. And so whatever time it is on the East Coast uh, during the summer, it's that same time in Taiwan, uh, just Just the the a.m. instead of the p.m. Very good. And uh, and so but then when we when we fall back, uh, we uh, we are uh, Taiwan is 13 hours ahead. Oh, 13. Yes. Yes. Well, that is well, that truly is a great moment. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, just for me personally, it's like, that's the one, you know, that's my vote for keeping it. And and I don't want it to change. I'd like to go to daylight savings time and just stay there. Okay. Well, what do you do on the East Coast? Actually, I, I don't really care what the East Coast does. Literally, <laughs> I am a federalist. So if the long as the West Coast just goes back to normal time, I'm just fine. Yes. Standard time, I believe they call it. The but biggest... I would also have no problem if we start advertising when true noon is, when when the sun is directly overhead. I'd like to know that for every location I visit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like to have. Don't my... let them sneak the sun away. I want. I <laughs> want to know where the sun's going to be. That's what I want to know, and I want. I want to be able to tell the time of the day by the sun. That's the other. thing. And you expect the politicians to tell you where the sun is? <laughs> well, just don't lie about it. That's that's what I, I just don't want them to lie about it. That's that's. that's, that's <laughs> So anyway, well, I think that we've covered, we covered the week. It's been a good week. It's December. It's it's getting to be Christmas time. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. <laughs> uh, I saw snow this week, so there we are. Well, I drove through snow today. <laughs> not me. here yet. So good. You haven't had any snow in Virginia yet? No, no. no. We've had snow here. And I, I like snow, but I like it. I liked it the way uh, we'd have in Arkansas. It would come and then it'd be gone the next day or two days later. Or I don't like it being here forever. It gets to be Arkansas is somewhat to the south of. It is. We're we're. Um, it, it's not as much different as it probably is you know longitudinal or whatever you know it's it's a little further south but it's it's weather is very similar so it's a little hotter in the summer summer lasts a little bit longer spring a little bit longer that kind of thing but not much okay well and on that important note and i i hope people took notes i mean you might want to use some (laughs) i'm just kidding okay very good well they can go to this is commonsense.org if they need anything else solved anything in their life any problem i would start at thisiscommonsense.org 